first great female voice in rock and roll. You say you've never heard of Arlene Smith? This is Joe Boyd's A to Z. There's no room for error today at double E. Arlene Smith and the Chantels, the first of the great girl groups. Their third hit single, released February of 1958. Some of you may know the name Rebecca Solnit. She's a heroic writer, often on the subject of the environment or human rights. She's also credited with establishing the word mansplaining in our modern lexicon. Hey, that's why I keep these podcasts down to 10 minutes, so I can't be accused of endlessly droning on like a typical male. Anyway, I digress. Two of Solnit's most successful books have been urban atlases, one about San Francisco, the next about New Orleans. Now she's putting one together about New York, and her collaborator, music writer Josh Jelly Shapiro, asked me to contribute to a section where people write about a song that drew them to a particular New York neighborhood. So my contribution reads like this. For a New Jersey kid, Little Richard and Elvis were great, but their southern sound was almost as exotic to us as it was to the Brits. Doo-wop, on the other hand, was our music a distillation of the air we breathed, or at least the wisps of New York fumes that wafted across the Hudson River. My favorite sound of the doo-wop era was the astonishing cry of Arlene Smith of the Chantels in Every Night. According to legend, doo-wop grew on Bronx and Harlem street corners, mainly a boy thing, until the Chantels broke through that glass echo chamber Smith's agonized repentance on every night delivered over perfectly cliched descending piano chords in 1958 crowned her queen of the barely pubescent girl group lead singers. She combined church choir ecstasies with knowing adult sexuality. She was a high school junior still living with her mother. Later teenage vocal heroines like Ronnie Spector couldn't hold a candle to her in my book. I was too young for the Alan Freed extravaganzas at the Brooklyn Paramount, where the Chantels and others helped rebrand race music as rock and roll. But by 1964, records from only a few years earlier were being celebrated by that advance outpost of postmodernism, the oldies industry. Oldies shows came regularly to the Apollo Theater, and it was there I finally heard Arlene Smith in person. Getting off at the 125th Street Station, we walked down a street full of hostile, wary, or welcoming eyes to enter the temple of American music, where the most demanding audiences in the world had made stars of Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, James Brown, Jackie Wilson, and so many others. Each oldies act got two songs, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, 
took dry ice-filled ages climbing out of his coffin with a skull on the end of a mop handle to sing, I put a spell on you. The five keys crooned the glory of love and the cleft tones finger-popped, oh, little girl of mine. But for me, the show belonged to the Chantels. The night before, I'd been in a Greenwich Village coffee house listening to long-forgotten folk singers. The Apollo provided an unforgettable antidote. The Chantels were a group of Bronx high school friends who'd been singing in the choir since third grade. Their specialty was Gregorian chant. One day in Manhattan, they recognized Richard Barrett and the Valentines walking down Broadway and sang for him right there on the sidewalk. Barrett began as a doo-wop singer, but had become a key producer for indie label pioneer George Goldner. Goldner was a wayward sort of genius, producing endless hits in the 50s and 60s and blowing all his earnings at the racetrack. Like Burt Burns from Letter BB, he got in bed with the mob and came to a bad end. He and Barrett took the Chantels into the studio for the first time in 1956 and came out with this. horrified when she heard the record. She sounded so rough, not the ladylike trained singer she aspired to be. Barrett and Goldner had driven them hard in the studio, pressuring the girls to lose their prim demeanor. They knew teenage sex was what sold. When Arlene's mother heard the record, she screamed, that's not my child. I wonder what mom thought of the next one. first sessions were cheap, with Barrett pounding out triplets on the piano and all the instruments on one microphone. But they were such big hits, eventually they got a bigger production budget.
Later, Arlene recorded with Phil Spector, but the record was never released. You can't help but feel the Chantels were very much on Phil's mind when he began dominating the charts with girl groups in the early 60s. Spector knew the commercial magic of a voice full of teenage passion. His next move, of course, was to discover another Bronx teenager with a magic voice. Down in New Orleans, a 16-year-old girl named Shirley Goodman had a hit with this great duet. Goodman went on to sing with Dr. John. Remember Walk on Gilded Splinters? That's Shirley. And another hit in the 70s as Shirley and Company with Shame, Shame, Shame. But I still think if you're looking for precocious, pubescent passion, there's nothing better than Arlene and her fellow Gregorian chanters. Joe Boyd saying so long, see you in a fortnight, when we'll feed you the double F. Mm-hmm.